Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you tuned in today. And I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord our God. The Lord is great and the Lord is greatly to be praised. There is no God like our God. Hallelujah. He reigns supreme and he reigns alone. Hallelujah. We thank God for allowing us to see another day. Thank God for this fifth Sunday in August of 2020. Thank God for his loving kindness and his tender mercies. We welcome you all this morning to the Tabernacle of Praise Church International, our morning worship experience. Thank you all who've gathered here in the parking lot this morning. Uh, thank you who've gathered online, uh, who are watching us online this morning. We thank God for you, and we welcome you into the very presence of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Glory to God. Father, we thank you for this day. We praise you. We welcome you. We magnify you. We glorify your name. We welcome your presence in our midst. We want you to be glorified. We want you to show yourself strong. We want you to minister, God, as we minister unto you. And we pray that our worship will be a sweet-smelling savor in your nostrils. It's in the precious and the mighty and the miraculous name of Jesus that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Our scripture this morning is coming from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Turn that with me if you will. Praise the Lord. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we will begin reading. At verse number three, I mean, number one. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gave to each one? I planted, Apollos watered. But God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. 
For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Verses 1 through 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. May the Lord bless those who, the reader and the hearers of his holy word. Amen. Let's go back to the Lord again in prayer. And following this, our praise team will come and minister in song. Father, we thank you again for this day. We thank you, Father, for your love, for your kindness, for your tender mercies. Thank you, God, for being the one that we find our life in, our strength in, our ability to move. Thank you, Father, for you just being the sovereign God. You reign supreme and you reign alone. You can do what no one else can do. You can do what you want to do, Father. We thank you, God, that as we study your word, we discover that you want to save us. You want to bless us. You want to strengthen us. You want to use us for your glory. And so we thank you, God, and we find ourselves in this place this morning because of your grace and because of your mercy, because of your desire to, to grow us and to, to equip us and to use us for your glory. We humbly submit to your will today, Father. And as your word goes forth today, we pray that you'll speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. And as we receive your engrafted word, which is able to save us and to strengthen us and equip us and chastise us and build us, God, help us to daily submit to your, your word and your teaching that we'll be the people that you called us to be. Whatever the needs are this morning, I pray to God that through the power of your spirit, you'll meet every need that's in this place today. Speak to our hearts, strengthen us and build us and equip us. Move us out of our place of selfishness. Move us out of our place of complacency, Lord God, and into that arena where you can use us for your glory. Let your anointing rest upon us today that we'll be equipped and empowered to do what you want us to do in a manner that will bring glory and honor to you. God, we don't bring ourselves to do what we want to do. Our worship today even is not as we will, but as you will. Be glorified. Be glorified. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Y'all come to bless the Lord today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do that. Come on, give God praise in the house today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Lord, we bless your name. Come on, let's sing it. We know it. I will.
Blessings and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And honor. Thank you, Jesus. They all belong yes, to you. Yes, yes, God. Blessings and glory. Hallelujah. And honor. They all belong to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, glory. Blessings. Blessings and glory.
to you. We want you to know that, God. From our hearts, we lift you up, God. With the fruit of our lips, we lift you up, God. Hallelujah. From the depths of our heart. Hallelujah. It belongs to you. Hallelujah. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. Blessings and glory. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. Worthy God, help us to keep our eyes oh, on you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. We keep our eyes on you, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Thank Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Be encouraged, family. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, praise team. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes. Bless the name of Jesus. Blessings, glory, and honor. It belongs to the Lord. Yes. Yes. Yes, Lord.
save us. You've gotten us the victory. You've delivered us. You've healed us. The glory. Mama, 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 mama. Belongs to the Lord.
Hallelujah. Woo. Yeah. Hey, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. try to conceive of the goodness of the Lord and the greatness of the Lord and the majesty of the Lord. I just can't conceive of it all. But in my finite mind, the little bit that I can conceive of, the little bit that I can grasp of the greatness and the vastness and the glory of the almighty God. Oh my goodness, I can't help but give him praise. Because he is the only one. He is the only one. Who deserves the glory? Who deserves the honor? Who deserves the praise? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, so let's try to go into this word this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse, the verse 3. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ooh, the old song says, I woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on Jesus. Whew. Yeah. Thinking about his goodness. Thinking about his greatness. Thinking about his mercy. Oh, God. Do you ever consider the Lord's mercy in your life? Oh, if he had not been merciful and gracious toward you, where would you be right now? Oh, my goodness. Ooh. I used to hear old people say, if the Lord had given me what I deserved... I wouldn't be here today, but he didn't give me what I deserved. He gave me grace, and he gave me mercy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So I know he's worthy. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, at verse 10, as Paul writes to the church at Corinth, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Let each one take heed as to how he builds on it. I want to talk about living life responsibly. Living life responsibly. So, Father, again, thank you for this opportunity to stand in this holy place and to proclaim your holy word. Thank you for your presence in our midst. Because you're here, God, we know that you'll speak to us. We look to you, Father. I look to you. Thank you for the words you've given me to share today. 
I pray for your anointing that I will be faithful in sharing what you've given to me. Nothing more and nothing less. Speak, Lord, for your servants here. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Living life responsibly. I'm sure we'd all agree that God wants us to live responsible lives, responsible Christian lives. Amen. No, there's no doubt about it. As we, as we study the scriptures, um, it becomes evident that God wants us to live life responsibly. We can find, we can find instructions, we can find principles in the scriptures on how we should live our lives and how we should handle life in a responsible manner. It's throughout the scriptures, throughout the scriptures. So when the, when the Lord dropped this thought into my spirit, uh, my question was, where do I find one scripture that gives some direction on this? There are a lot of scriptures that you can go to, but where do I find one scripture that will give some direction on this? Then the Lord, then the Lord led me uh, to 1 Corinthians and to the instructions that, that he gives through the Apostle Paul about the body of Christ, about the church, and about the responsibility we have as believers collectively, but also as believers individually in building the body of Christ, the church. And it's here that the Lord gave me correlation to living life responsibly. Because if God is speaking to the church, who's he speaking to? He's speaking to us. And he's not just speaking to us collectively, but he's speaking to us individually as well. Many times, some commentators, some uh, commentators interpret this passage of Scripture to only deal with the church collectively. But when you go back and you read the context and you go back to chapter 2, you see also that the Lord is talking about the believers individually because we're many members, but we're one body, and we all make up the body of Christ. So he can't just be speaking to the corporate body because we make up the corporate body. Now, most of us, most of us, know the situations that Paul had to address that were going on in the church at Corinth. There are several situations that he had, had to address. <laughs> in this instance, he addresses the immaturity of believers as they were caught up in divisions over who they were followers of. Some says, ah, well, I'm a follower of Paul. Others said, I'm, an, I'm a follower of Apollos. Or Peter, and some says I'm a I'm a follower of Cephas or Peter. And then others who were real deep in spiritual say, Well, I'm a follower of Christ. If we would put that in a current context, and I I don't think this is the situation here, uh, but it can happen in some churches. Some would say, Well, I'm a follower of Elder Stowe. Somebody else said, I'm a follower of Elder Hoskins. Somebody else said, I'm a follower. Of Minister Smalls and somebody else. I'm a follower of Pastor Jackson. Uh, 
Somebody else says, I'm a follower of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people can get caught up into things like that. Yeah, yeah. I like this person's teaching. I, I can't hear that person. I, I like that person's teaching. He teaches on my level. I say, raise your level. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. I don't want to get off my message, but, 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 but I really have appreciated John Wright's <laughs> and his challenges of the way we say things and use words and challenging us to use words correctly and to use, uh, to be very concise in the things that we communicate. I appreciate that because that challenges us, amen, in our speaking, in our communication. I remember my 12th grade English teacher, 11th grade, I think it was 11th grade English teacher, who challenged us in our writing, in our communication skills, and challenged us to use correct English. Now, of course, today people don't want to use correct English. You know, we, we come up with, for us, Ebonics, and then for, for and it, it's not just us. It depends on colloquial play, play, phrases and where you are. If you're in the mountains of West Virginia, you're going to, yeah, you know, or if you're in the, in, in the, in the slums, well, I shouldn't say that. No, I don't want to use that term. Forgive me. If you are in certain areas of some of the large cities, you, you develop colloquial phrases. And sometimes if you're not careful, you don't really understand what people are talking about. Amen. Excuse, forgive me for adjusting myself while I'm talking, but this, this cord is not, it's aggravating. All right. So anyway, anyway. So, yeah. So I, I appreciate these challenges. These challenges help us do better. And we should always want to do better. Does anybody here want to do better? Yeah, I always want to do better. So, so, so Paul, in a stern rebuke of the people and the divisions uh, that were going on there, pointing out to them uh, the truth that Christ is not divided, and neither should his church be, okay? And you can read the account for yourself if you've not read it. Just go back and read uh, read Corinthians, study it, which is a great challenge for people who like to be spoon-fed. You need to go back and study for yourself. Pick up that Bible, read, get your commentary, you know, study. If you don't have a commentary at home, go online and find your good Bible commentary. Call somebody and ask some questions. Study for yourself. But the important thing is just reading the Scriptures and reading the Scriptures well, which sometimes people just don't do. And then they can get caught up in these types of problems and divisions that were going on in the church at Corinth. Well, for the message today, we're going to deal with the apostolic charge that Paul gives to the church. And maybe we, won't, we haven't seen it as an apostolic charge, but it, but it really is an apostolic charge. He's an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and he charges the church uh, with this, in this message that he gives to the church at Corinth. And, and, and we're going to apply that to us as individual believers and our responsibility of living life and our living life responsibly. I'll say it like that, okay? He starts out by using a farming metaphor. But then in this section, he switches to using a building metaphor. Go back and read it. You'll see he talks about 
uh, he planted Apollos, uh, watered somebody, and God gave the increase. That's a planting metaphor. Now he goes into talking about a building metaphor. Um, he points out that as one who labored among the Corinthians, and he, he labored with them for 18 months and planting that church there. He didn't just go in and preach and leave. For 18 months, he labored there in Corinth. And he points out to them that, that he is the one who had carefully laid the foundation for that congregation. Now, they, the Corinthian believers, leadership and all, okay, just in case you want to interpret what Paul says to only speak to, uh, to the leadership, he's speaking to every believer. They have to take personal responsibility for erecting the finished building on this foundation that he has laid. And might I say, as I was meditating over this this morning, this has to be repeated in every generation. Yeah, because you don't just, that's why we preach the same gospel, and we've been preaching the same gospel for thousands of years, because every generation needs to hear. There has to be a continuity in the message that is communicated the message of faith that is communicated. You can't come up in 2020 and come up with a different philosophy and say that it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, there are some foolish people out here. There are some foolish thoughts out here. I read something last night, and it almost knocked me flat out of my seat. And I was sitting in my chair in my, in my office at home, and I read it, and I don't know if I should share it today, but it's just completely foolish, but it's the way people think. And so since I brought it up, I'll just share it with you. This one lady in Las Vegas raised the question, is it possible to add a book to the Bible in honor of Donald Trump? She is a Jewish person, and her husband has supported President Trump faithfully, and she compared him to, to, to Esther who saved the Jewish people. They're foolish. There's foolishness out here. There, there are things that people subscribe to and believe, and maybe I should not even have said that this morning. I shouldn't have given any, any, any room for that kind of foolishness, but yeah, 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 yeah. So in every generation, we, we have to communicate these things because there has to be a continuity of the faith. The faith does not change. The gospel does not change. God does not change. The the canon of Scripture has been, has been laid in stone. We, we, we don't go back and add to uh, the canon of the Scriptures for no person because no other person is worthy. There's a reason that the books were chosen to put in the canon of Scripture. And for anybody, even theologians who go back and, and have changed some Scriptures and, 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 and taken out Everything that deals with warfare and, 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 and change words to, to make the Bible uh, gender neutral, they're wrong. You don't go back and change the Scripture. But there are efforts to do this in these times, so don't discount what I'm saying. This, there has to be a continuity in every generation, amen, to pass on the teachings of the Scripture. Jesus Christ is the foundation that was laid, and no other foundation can be laid. For the, for the believer, for the church, for the body of Jesus Christ. And listen to what, what, what Paul says. 
He says, according to the grace of God given to me, and we thank God for the grace. Elder Hoskin preached about on that last, last week. We don't want to take that grace in vain, and Paul does not take the grace that God laid upon him in, in vain. According to the grace that God has given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation or the foundation. Another man is building upon it. Let each man take care how he builds upon it. Okay? Another man, another person, put yourself in that another man's place. You're building upon a foundation that's been laid. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you've accepted Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. He is the foundation of your life, not just, not just the body of Christ, not just the church, but he's the foundation of your life. In life, you have to build on that foundation. Be very careful how you build. Be very responsible in how you build. Now, how you build your life. Because you're building on this foundation of Jesus Christ. Be very careful how you build. They, he, Paul is, is, is pointing out, they cannot change the shape of the foundation, which is the preaching of Jesus Christ himself. But they can decide whether to build walls using gold, silver, stone, wood, hay, or straw. Now just think about the differences in those two categories of, of, of building materials. All right, and we'll come back to that in just a few minutes. Now, 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 this is, yes, dealing specifically with building the church, the fellowship of believers, the corporate body. But remember, all right, that, 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 that we are the church as well. The corporate body can't be sound unless we individually are sound. The corporate body can't be strong unless we individually are strong. This building is built as solid as it's going to be. Amen. Now, maybe if there's some cracks in the foundation or something, you can call Ram Jack and they can come and do whatever they do. But that's a physical building. All right. This is not what the Bible is talking. This is not what Paul is talking about. Because remember, when he wrote, the, the church met in, in houses. They didn't have, or they went to the temple at first, but eventually Christians began to meet from house to house. So he's not speaking of a physical building, all right? So, 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 so it's dealing with each one of us individually, okay? So let's take these instructions to us, to our lives, as we seek to live responsibly in life. Let each man, let each person, let each individual take care, be responsible, be careful in how he or she builds upon the foundation that has already been laid, which is Jesus Christ. Side note here, if we build our lives carefully upon, carefully and correctly upon Jesus Christ and his plan laid out in Scripture, guess what's going to happen? Every little area of your life that you have questions about, that you have issues in, they're going to be addressed every area. So whereas this morning, I cannot go down through every scripture and tell you how to live, you know, in every little aspect of life. 
You know, you have people come up and they raise the issue, they raise the question, well, does the Bible say it's wrong to drink liquor? Well, if you build your life faithfully upon Jesus Christ, you got an answer. You got an answer. Yeah. Some people say, well, is it wrong to go to the nightclub? Well, if you build your life faithfully upon Jesus Christ, you've got an answer. You've got an answer. You know, but what we do is we tend to look for loopholes so we can do what we want to do. <laughs> and we can feel okay in doing it. But we shouldn't be there. If we build our lives faithfully upon Jesus Christ, we're not looking for loopholes. If I'm wrong, I'm just wrong. God, convict me so that I can get right. Because my ultimate aim as I built my life faithfully upon Jesus Christ, my ultimate aim is to glorify him. And everything that I think, everything that I do, and everything that I say, and it does not become a burden. Amen. Are you following me? Well, some people say, well, it's just a bit. There are too many do's and don'ts in Christianity. Nope, just love Jesus, you know. Just, just, just build your life on Christ, and you don't worry about the do's and the don'ts because your whole focus is to bring glory and honor to him, and, and Holy Spirit is going to be right there to help you, and he's going to, he, when, you, when you start erring, erring immediately he's going to say, nope. He's not going to wait till you go for, drive five miles down the road in the wrong direction. When you start taking the turn, Holy Spirit is going to be right there to say, no, stay on this road. But what we tend to do is we, we, we disobey him. We go beyond him and we say, I'm taking this road anyway, and I'll deal with that. You know, after all, you know, God is a forgiving God. So let me, in this instance, take the grace of God in vain. That's not being responsible. It's not being responsible for who we are in Jesus Christ. Let each person, let each individual, individual take care, be careful, be responsible in how he or she builds upon the foundation that has been laid, which is Jesus Christ. As I'm preaching, I'm just thinking of different things. Because once you start building a house, there's, a, there, there, there's just a way that you, if you're building it correctly, you're going to follow that plan all the way to the top, all the way to the roof. You're going to follow that plan. If you start erring, if you start, <laughs> I'm thinking about a situation I know on the mission field where a man was building something and, and his brother said, well, he just built it whatever way he thought. <laughs> and when I went in the building, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> it was quite obvious that he built the way he thought. There was no plan. There was nothing laid out. He didn't take heed in, in how he was building upon foundation. Let each person, let each individual take care. Be very careful in how he or she builds upon the foundation that is laid. Okay. Okay. All right. So from this, how do we how do we, how does each person, each believer live responsibly? Okay. First of all, this is what the Lord showed me in the scripture. You live responsibly by being very sure 
that your life is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. All right? That might sound redundant, but when you read the Scripture, it speaks, it speaks to a group. Okay? But God wants you to deal with this individually. You're not a Christian because mama or daddy is a Christian. You're not a Christian because you joined the church and were baptized or because you went through confirmation classes or new member orientation because the church is not really an organization that you can join, even though we've set that up. But we know what Jesus said to Nicodemus. You must be what? Born again. So we are born into the body of Christ by the Spirit of God coming to live in us. So individually, as we sit under the teaching, as we, as we come to the church, as we are baptized and we become a part of the body, we must make sure that our lives are built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And I'll say, and his teaching, but I'm going to come back to his teaching in a moment. Jesus is the only proper foundation for life. So it's not enough to be in the fellowship of believers. You must build your very life on the foundation that the body is built on to really be a part of the body, which is Jesus Christ. As we study Jesus' life, as we study his disciples, the disciples were not only learning Jesus' teaching, hear me now, they were learning him. They were learning him, all right? And there can be a distinction. You can sit under me. You can hear everything I say. But are you learning me? Okay. Do you know my heart? Do you know my disposition? Do you know, you know, when people say stuff to you about, about me, do you really know my heart? Well, pastor did this. And pastor just, do you know your pastor's heart? But more importantly because I'm not, like Paul said, neither he that, that plants is anything and he that builds out uh, waters is anything. More importantly, do you know the Lord's heart? Do you really know Jesus? Elder Hoskins talks about this a lot. He said it several times about knowing Christ and preaching Christ. Not about Christ, but preaching Christ. You, you remember our teaching on discipleship, and we went back to look at the Scriptures, and we're still studying Christology so that we know Christ. So that as I know Christ, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Another's voice they will not follow. As I know him, I know what's like him. I know what sounds like him. I know his character. I know uh, uh, his, his standards. So if I can't find a passage of Scripture to answer my question, I know Christ. So I need to build my life on Christ. What do mean to build my life on Christ? I need to know him. I need to know him. Yeah, I need to know him. To build my life on him, I need to learn him. You can get confused. You can fall in error sometimes when you know the letter of the law, when you know the written word, but you don't know the writer. 
And a lot of churches, a lot of people, quote unquote, in the church, know the letter of the law, but they don't know the writer. You got to know him, and you can know him. You remember, well, Jesus, do you remember <laughs> the question that Jesus asked his disciples one day? He said, who do men say that I am? They answered him. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are one of the prophets. But then he said, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And do you know what Jesus said to Peter? He said, you are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. Peter, you are blessed by the revelation that you have of who I am. You need to know who Jesus is, and you need to build your life on Christ Jesus. That, that, that'll solve a whole lot of things because a lot of people are still running and searching. And you got to ask yourself, what are you searching for? You know, what are you running after? Know Christ. It'll settle your spirit. It'll settle you down. Know Christ. He will answer your questions. He'll give you peace that passes all understanding. You say, well, Pastor, we got to get there. Well, get there. Get there. Time is running out. You don't have to be 50 to know Christ. You don't have to be 30 to know Christ. As a child, you can give yourself to Jesus and to studying him and to asking questions and listening to your parents' teachings so you can know who Christ really is. Then Jesus said, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So in this life, in this life, we're challenging gates of hell. Mm. People say, my life is hell. I'm going through hell. Sometimes Christians don't want to use that word, but some people say that. I'm just going through hell right now. Anybody ever said that? You may not use the term hell, but I'm just going through a tough time right now. Well, it's not strange. All of us go through difficult times. But Jesus said, upon this rock, upon this faith in who I am, I'm building my church. Who is the church? You and me. I'm building you upon me. And when you go through or up against the gates of hell, they won't prevail. They won't prevail. They won't prevail. So yeah, these are difficult times. But the Christian stands. These are difficult times. The person who lives responsibly stands. These are difficult times, but the person who builds his life or her life responsibly stands. So that leads us to our second point, and is that as you build your life, you have to make sure that you're using quality building material. <laughs> simple, simple thought. Quality building material. So in the scripture, 
Paul says, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, one category, wood, hay, or stubble, another category, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. The fire, he says, the fire will test the quality of each person's building or work in building. As you built your life, as you're building your life, testing times will come. Listen, if you built your life on quality building material, gold, silver, precious stones, material that is not combustible, material that is not perishable, right? You'll be able to stand. So what are those materials? Gold, silver, precious stones. The doctrines, the teachings, the principles that are taught to us in the Scriptures. So that means I've got to study the Scriptures. I've got to know what God said in His Word. I've got to know the teachings of Christ. This is how I build my life. This is how I'm building. I'm on the foundation of Jesus now. So I'm not just coming to church dancing and running and shouting, but I'm taking my time as I dance, as I praise the Lord. There's nothing wrong with praising the Lord. He deserves our praise. He deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. There's nothing wrong with getting excited about Jesus. I get excited about him. I can't remain just calm and complacent when I realize the great things that the Lord has done. I, I can't. I just can't. Mm -mm. Nope. That, that's just not my makeup. Sometimes I have to yell. Sometimes I have to jump. You know, it's like you win a, a, a million dollars playing the lottery. You're not going to just, oh, thank you. It's like when your team wins the Super Bowl. You're not just going to sit there, oh, my team won the Super Bowl. You're going to buy the jersey. You're going to walk around, even though they didn't pay you any money. Unless you were gambling and betting on the team. Yeah. So, so I got to build my life on this, th these materials that will not corrupt, will not corrode, will not give away with time. Have you, have you realized that the teachings of Christ have been around for thousands of years? Do you know the Bible is the oldest book written? I believe I'm saying that correctly. Do you know that? A lot of other teachings come and go. People come and go, but we're still preaching Jesus. Do you know the value of Jesus' teachings? Okay? They will stand the test of fire that will come in your life. In the world, you will have tribulation. You will be persecuted for my name's sake. You're going to go through test of fire in your life. I know when you're young, you, a lot of things you just don't go through or you don't pay attention to, you know. I remember getting my foot cut riding the tricycle when I was a little boy and thought that was the worst thing I ever experienced until I had major surgery. Are you hearing me? 
So when you're young, you know, life just comes, life just goes, you know, you don't pay a lot of attention to things. But the older you get, there are tests, there are trials that you go through in your life, and some of them are very, very, very difficult trials. How do you stand? If your life is built upon non-combustible spiritual materials, you're not just in the church and not paying attention to the teaching. You, you, you want more than the Lord will make a way somehow, you know. You want more than the shallowness of a relationship. You want a deep relationship with Christ. Or you can build your life on wood, hay, and stubble. Those things will be burned up when tests and trials come. It kind of reminds me of the parable Jesus talks about building your life on a solid foundation. One man built his life on sand. Another man built his, built his house on the rock. When the storms came, the wind blew and beat upon that house. The house on the sand fell. But the house beat up, built upon the rock was able to stand the storms. Many people in this congregation have had storms in their lives. Many people. And you're still standing. It's because of the material that you've used to build your life. You can't build your life on worldly wisdom. You cannot build your life on the philosophies of the time. That's always shifting. Always. You can't just read the popular books and the popular opinions of people that don't know Jesus Christ. It's shifting. It'll change. People's opinions change. Watch the material you're building on. What are you reading? What are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your spirit, man? People say you are what you eat. You also, you, you also are what you read. You are what you're listening to. What are you listening to? How much, how much time do you spend in the Word of God? How much time do you spend understanding the Word of God? You know, some people like to listen to spiritual things, but they're listening to music. You need more than music. Music is like apple pie. You can't, you can't have a healthy diet eating apple pie and ice cream. You need some collard greens. At least a toss salad. <laughs> Something green. <laughs> you need a balanced diet. Nothing wrong with listening to gospel music. But do you realize that some of that is not scripturally sound. People are really, they're really, really out today to make money. So whatever sounds good and appeals to your emotions, you know, they're going to do that. You know, and all of that is not anointing. Anyway, I won't go any further with that, okay? But if you use substandard material, when the fiery trials of life comes, those materials won't last. This is what Paul is saying. Build your life. This is living responsibly. You don't need to, to, to wait till you get into a difficult situation and don't know what to do. And sometimes when you get into a difficult situation, don't you realize that you can't call the pastor? Sometimes. Sometimes you can't call your mama or your daddy. You got to know what to do. I mean, you got to be building your life 
on quality material, building your life on the teachings of Christ, so that when you can't get in touch with anybody else, you already know what to do because you're building your life responsibly. It is irresponsible to live life without thinking about life. Irresponsible to go with the flow. It's irresponsible. I'm not saying that, that, that I'm a perfect example of anything, but I just remember, you know, when I was in college, how I would just sometimes just walk. Well, I, I, I did that when I was a teenager, too. Just I would go for walks. I was living on Pendleton Street uh, in Columbia, and my dorm was on Pendleton Street. I would just go for walks and just walk by myself and just think. You know, I would reflect on Scripture, and I would reflect on songs that would be insane. The reason, the reason that I really gave my life to Jesus, you know, I was 10 years old when I was baptized, but I remember the song, and you've heard me tell this before, where you're running sinner, you can't hide. And one day I was walking on the street, and I was meditating on that song, and the Holy Spirit said to me, you're the sinner. Where are you running? You can't hide. That's the way he does, because he wants to make sure that we're building our lives responsibly. We can't be in a fog. We can't be in the church and not taking responsibility for how we're building our lives. Last point. Last point. Oh. Living responsibly means that you live for the purpose of which you've been created. God has a purpose and an intent in mind when he created you. God had a purpose and intent and has a purpose. And he, he lets us know this in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before, he says to Jeremiah, and we can take this for all of us. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you to Jeremiah, he says, as a prophet to the nations. What does he say to you? Before you were born, I set you apart. And I appointed you for what purpose? For what purpose? For what purpose has God appointed you? How many of you sit down and reflect on why God created you? Why you're in this world? How, how many of you pray and ask the Lord, God, why am I here? I've heard people 67 to 80, the Lord leave me here for something. I don't know. Baby, you that old, you should know. You've been in the church. You've been sitting under the preaching and the teaching, and you ain't never, you ain't never, and I know I'm speaking incorrectly, you ain't never sought the Lord. You have never sought his face. You have never, you have never looked at your unique, the uniqueness of your life and how God has, has molded and shaped your life to discover what your purpose is in life. There's something wrong with that picture. So how have you been building? That speaks to how you've been building your life. You've been coming to the house of the Lord, but your focus has not been on how you're building. In this epistle and in Pauline theology as a whole, issues about the ministry are inextricably woven with the question about the nature of the church. The ministry exists, listen to this, the ministry exists for the proclamation of the gospel in word and in life and for the benefit of building up the church. 
the church of the believers, okay, can, can, you can devalue the role of ministry, but even worse, ministry count out for reasons of, selfish, of self-esteem, status-seeking, or self-interest can damage the church. When I read that in the commentary, I heard the Lord say, people can get caught up in themselves. What was the problem at Corinth? People were caught up in themselves. Who I am following who I believe in. It is not about you. Do you remember the parable Jesus told about the man who looked at his fields and he saw that he was going to have a bump of crop and he looked at his barns and he saw that his barns were already filled and he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns. My barns. I will, will build bigger barns. I will reap my harvest. I will I will." Take my ease and live my life. This is not about you. It's not about you. There's a purpose for which you've been created. There's a purpose that the, for which the body of Christ exists. And as each one of us builds our lives focused on that purpose, then we can live out what God has. We can live our lives responsibly. It's not about status seeking. How many people get mad in the church? or have gotten mad in the church because they were in a position and somebody moved them. They got mad, left the church. Yep, we say we're mature. We're, we're, we're the body of Christ, status seeking. Got mad because they were not recognized. Well, I don't think I have that problem because, you know, I very seldom just recognize people. And you don't hear me, oh, sister so-and-so, oh, just give mother so-and-so a hand. I don't even call people mother. Because I realize that a lot of things we've done in the church is to make people feel good. And I know affirming people is important, but, but you should seek affirmation from Christ. You should feel good about who you are in Christ. This is really not about you. And it's a struggle for all of us. You know, there have been times in my life I felt like people have overlooked me, but I have to check myself. It's not about me. It's not, it's not about pushing me forward. It's about my purpose for existing as a part of the body of Christ. What's your purpose? What's your purpose? I have to end here. When we get caught up into what the Corinthians were caught up in, it's damaging to the whole purpose of Christ. It's not about that. Jesus said, I didn't come to do my own will. I came to do the will of him who sent me. Peter said, you are chosen generation. You are royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You're his own special people. For what reason? To proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are not the light. You are not the light. You are not the Savior. You're not. You're not. I thank God for the respect people give me, but people know I am not your Savior. You better trust Jesus because I got my phone on, on do not disturb at night. So, <laughs> so you better trust Jesus because you call me after 1130, you just may not get me. You better be able to call on Jesus. 
It's not about me. I don't want people worshiping me. You should never want people worshiping you. They can't live without talking to you. Something wrong with that picture. Something is wrong with that picture. God has called each of us to live responsibly. I know this message is kind of a broad message, but you think about it. You think about it. When you deal with a life that's responsible, how you live your life responsible, make sure that it's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ, nothing else. Not the philosophies of men. Read the chapter. He deals with the wisdom of man, the fleeting wisdom of man. Make sure that Jesus is your foundation. Make sure that you're building correctly as you bring this building up. All right? Make sure that you focus on Christ and his purpose for bringing you into this world. Know that purpose. Don't live your life 20, 30 years, and you have no idea of what God's purpose is for your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today and for what your word will accomplish in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. So this morning, <clears throat> Paul talks about himself as being a wise master builder. But Jesus is the true master, master builder. He wants you to build your life on him. He is the only foundation. His only sure foundation. If your life is not being built on Christ, maybe today you need to make that decision to give your life to him. Because you're not going to build on Christ just because you want to know about him. You have to know him. He's willing. He's ready to reveal himself to you. He wants you to know him. Because after all, you're created in his image and his likeness. He wants you to know him. He wants you to live your life according to his principles, his precepts, his teachings. That's a work in progress, but you have to get started with the work. You can have a plan for a building for 50 years, but that building never comes into fruition until you start the process. It's the same way with being a Christian. You can have the plan laid out. The Bible has been around, not necessarily this book, but the Bible has been around for thousands of years. The plan is there. When will you start taking this plan and applying it to your life? It never happens until a person makes the decision individually to give his or her life to the Lord Jesus Christ. So if there's anybody here today who would like to give your life to Jesus, is anybody listening online and you want to make that decision today to give your life to him, do it right now. Pray this prayer with me, asking the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your life and be your Savior and be your Lord. It's a decision of your will. No one else's. Nobody can force you. Nobody can make you. You can't do it because somebody else wants you to. You have to do this because you want to. You will 
to give your life to Jesus. Pray this prayer with me, if you will. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I'm separated from you. I cannot save myself. But Lord Jesus, I believe that God sent you into this world. You died on the cross to save me from my sin. You shed your blood, gave your life so that I could have life in God. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Receive me as your child. Lord Jesus, I receive you today because your word has already told me that you're waiting to receive me. I receive you today. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I thank you for it. Amen. The scripture says, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become his sons and his daughters who were born not by blood, not by the will of the flesh, not by the will of man, but by the will of the Father. This is God's will, that you give your life to him. Because you've done that, you've prayed that prayer, it was the decision of your will. The Lord has accepted you. And according to the word of God, you're saved right now. Salvation is not by feeling. Salvation is by fact. It's a decision of your will that you've received Jesus. Now, if you've done that, now comes the process of building your life. You need some help. You can't do this on your own. Write to us if you don't know a Bible-believing church. Or anyway, write to us and let us know the decision that you've made so that we can follow up with you. There's a form on our website where you can write to us. We will read it. We'll get back in contact with you. If at some point in your life you were a Christian, but you stepped away, you slid away, something distracted you, something pulled you away, maybe it was because you found out that you were not building your life correctly. But the Lord is a forgiving God. He is a restoring Father. He loves you. All you need to do, and you can pray this prayer without even repeating after me. You can just pray, Father, I've fallen away from you. Please forgive me of my sin. I confess my sin to you. And now, as a believer, there are sins that you need to confess to the Lord. Whatever those sins, I confess them to the Lord. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He cleanses and he restores. You can also write to us and let us know that of that decision that you've made. This message has impacted your life in some way that made you think, that made you ponder, that made you Realize where you've fallen short, where you've fallen away. Let us know. We're praying for you. Thank God for you. Thank God for writing to us. And we will get back in contact with you. And I want to pray for those who are here today and those online who are going through different trials and troubles and tribulations in their lives. So, Father, we come now thanking you for this opportunity, thanking you for your word, thanking you for, for reaffirming to us that even as we build our lives on you, on quality materials, of our faith in you, your principles, your teachings, that the fiery trials will come. Trouble will come. Tribulation will come in our lives. 
you were clear in the scriptures to let us know that in this life we would have tribulation. But you also told us to be of good cheer because you've overcome the world. So today, for any person that's under the sound of my voice who's going through some difficult season, difficult time in their lives, I intercede right now. I pray, God, like you did for Daniel. You didn't deliver him from the lion's den, but you kept him in the midst of it. Like the Hebrew boys, you didn't deliver them from the fiery furnace, but you kept them in the midst of it. So God, if you don't deliver us from our trials, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will keep us in the midst of them. That when we come out, there will be not any smell of smoke on our clothes. You're just that kind of a God. Our hairs won't be singed. The lions won't touch us. God, thank you today. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you for your protection in the midst of the fire. Thank you for your deliverance. We're coming through this better. We're coming out of this better. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Meet every need today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and we thank you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for tuning in. I want to encourage you uh, to, to please give. Give online if you can. The, the access is there. It should pop up on the screen. If you're not a member of this congregation and you want to sow into this ministry, please, ma'am and please, sir, feel free to sow. Even in missions, think about, remember the work that we're doing. You can visit our website and see the work that we're constantly doing. I want to thank those of you who gave to our Be a Good Foreign Neighbor campaign. We raised over $10,000, to be exact, $10,061 that we raised because of monies that came in for other things. And because I'm not traveling, praise the Lord, amen, we had some extra money to give, and we were able to give out over $11,000 uh, through the Be a Good Foreign Neighbor campaign. And we thank God for all of you who've sown and all of you who've given. Let me put a plug in for Dominican Republic. We're trying to finish the building down there that's been sitting there. I need everybody to give. I need you to give something. I'm asking for $50 or $100 seed uh, for those who can. But if you can't do that, every little bit helps. Thank you so much. God bless you. We're praying for you. Thank you for tuning in. Now may the grace of God, the love of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. And the people of God said together, amen. Well, that brings us to the end of the message for today. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well. And give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, 
we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.